So great to be here with you guys today. This is Renee and Mary here with you doing a podcast today on dealing with patient fears. So I'll get started a little bit, Mary, and introduce myself. My name is Renee Williamson. I'm one of the certified clinical trainers with the Scheduling Institute. I've been in dentistry for about 30 years, but worked in the practice many years. So now working with Scheduling Institute, I guess, Mary, gosh, I hate to even say it, but close to 700 trainings I've been in. So I know you have too. Um, So Mary and I are going to talk with you guys today about patient fears and dealing with them and bring you some helpful tips. So, yeah. yeah. And I'll go ahead and introduce myself too. My name is Mary Davis. I am also one of the certified clinical training specialists here at the Scheduling Institute. I can't say that I have quite as much experience as Renee over here. But I have been in dentistry, um, practicing dental hygiene for 18 years now. And prior to that, I definitely um, had the opportunity to be able to work in a a lot of dental offices, starting with assisting and doing some other things like that. So definitely have touched every area of a dental office for sure. But we're excited to be here with you guys today, um, being able to just talk about this, you know, topic of how do we deal with patient fears when they come up? And what are some practical tips that we could actually implement that would help us be able to overcome this particular barrier? That's right. Very good. So another episode of the Hygiene Profit Leaders. Very good. So so talking about all of that, Mary, don't you think that um, many patients avoid going to the dental office because of the fear that they have? Absolutely, Renee. Absolutely. Yeah, I I think that, you know, it could be that they maybe had a bad experience in an office before, or maybe it's just the fear of the unknown. But so many patients, you know, I was doing some studies on it. And, you know, it was saying that more than 20% of people are fearful to go to the dentist. And so, yeah, that's a lot of people, right? 20% Mm -hmm. fear, and it can keep them from from making an appointment at all. So, yeah. important that we realize that. And I I think that everybody really does. You know, I know we all do work hard to try to overcome the fears, but honestly, it starts at the very beginning. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and I think, well, first of all, that's crazy that 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 many people have a fear of going to the dentist. But if we really think about it, we're immersed in our world all the time, right? And so the perception of what people feel when they go to the dentist is much different than what we think that we're putting on, you know? I think that, you know, it's kind of funny because there was a TikTok video that went out not too long ago about what I hear when I go to the dentist. And it was hilarious because his perception of it versus what we think we're giving our patients is totally different. So yeah, you're right. It starts at that that first initial contact, right? Yep. Yep. So making sure then if we go and think about the first initial contact, you know, a lot of us, we jump right into, well, we're greeting them in the reception area or they're in our chair. But actually that first initial contact starts with that five-star phone call, right? That's right. So many of you, you know, uh, as hygienists, you're not doing that phone call very often, but um, 
you know, it's important that your team is, is using their skills um, and the five steps as they're initiating that first impression of the office, right? And so if you've got a fearful patient that it, they've gone through a series of steps before they even pick up the phone to call, if right. your team is using those, those techniques, then they're making it very easy for them to schedule. Yeah. Um, you know, by not asking a lot of questions or making them dig their insurance card out, all of those things just really do start the whole, you know, perception of your office off on, on a better foot. So a hundred percent. And I think, you know, just kind of like what you said, Renee, even though you're not the one making the call as a hygiene team, um, celebrate your front desk team because, you know, that is the first impression. So they're going to make a judgment of how great you are as a hygienist or how great their doctors are based upon how they're greeted on that five-star call. So tone and, and, you know, all of those things that we teach are very important to keep at hand. So celebrate them when they have, you know, certification calls, like that's not an easy process. So be that person who bridges the gap and celebrate the entire team because it takes the entire team to make this fear, right, go away. Yeah, yeah, that is so true, Mary, so true. And then, you you know, you think about, okay, so they have a great call, right, and they hang up the phone and they're, okay, well, that was easy enough. I'm going to the dentist. You know, they're still fearful, but hopefully, you know, they show up, right? We all know how that goes because fear can keep them from showing up. You know, oftentimes we'll feel like, oh, well, they just blew us off, you know, they didn't make their appointment, so they must not like the, you know, like us, or, um, and so, so we just kind of write them off, but it could be that the fear got in the way that day, or, you know, so, so them just showing up then that day in your office is a big deal for those fearful people, right? Yeah, and then I think next, Renee, wouldn't you say that showing up is half the battle, but once they do show up, It's from the very beginning of them walking through those doors that we are considering the five senses, right? So meaning what do they see? What do they smell? What do they hear? What do they taste? What do they feel, right? Um, All of those things have to be taken into consideration. So Renee, with all of your experience going through each of these five senses, let's just take the C first. So what do we mean by, you know, looking at what do they see? Yeah. So what do they see? Do they come in the office and, you know, is somebody going to greet them with a smile, stand up and try to call them by name? Or maybe do they come into the office and nobody says hello and it smells funny and it's not clean and right. That could make a big impression. Does it Mary, you know, you tell me when you walk in someplace and it looks good, um, then does it, feel good to you also? Yeah, 100%, right? Because if I see that things are clean, that they're not cluttered, that they actually have some sort of organization to it, then I'm going to make a judgment that that should continue throughout the entire office, right? That's right. That's right. Even to the point where they get into the operatory then, right? So what do they see when they get into your operatory as the hygienist? Mm -hmm. You have pictures of your family that make them feel comfortable that are nicely displayed, or is it a bunch of dental charts hanging up with 
you know, big probes going down the side of the teeth. Is that <laughs> right? Is that the first impression for this fearful person as they enter your operatory? Or does it feel more like home? Right? right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and something as simple as opening the instruments in front of the patient. So they know that things are cleaned for them. Right. And I know that that should be happening already, but it is an important thing, you know, that we keep top of mind because the last thing that we want is a bunch of instruments in front of the patient's face the entire time because then they're just going to be thinking, oh, well, what does that instrument do? <laughs> that yeah. looks pretty pokey. <laughs> it does. And they all do. You know, we take that for granted, don't we, Mary? We've looked at them for so long that we don't recognize that that probe looks sharp. We know it's not really sharp, but it looks sharp to them or, <laughs> right, explore right. with that big hook. Um, yeah. So what do they see when they enter your office or what do they see when they enter your operatory? You really do have to think about that yeah. and make sure that this fearful person and, you know, even the ones that aren't fearful, you know, it's really important for all of them, but especially these people, right? Yeah. Sure, and then, sure. so what do they smell going into the next sense, right? Um, what do they smell when they come into your office? This Have you ever favorite ones, Renee? Because I never thought about the dental office smell, right? Because you're used to it. That's just part of like a dental office, right? You kind of expect it. Your patients expect it to smell weird, right? So one of the things that we absolutely love, Renee and I both, just understanding this concept of like, do we actually have fresh baked cookies, right, for them to smell? Or one of my favorites is um, one of our clients has fresh baked apple cinnamon muffins baking. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Yes, Mary. I've been there. That is amazing. Amazing. I'm When I go in there and work with them, I stay hungry the whole time I'm there. But can you imagine as a patient walking in that office and, and smelling that? It just is so comforting. And yeah, it's amazing. I, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yes. Another thing too with the smell is aromatherapy is one of those big ones now too, is like, not only do you have the scent of an aromatherapy, but you also have, you know, the natural aroma that is a calming aroma, you know, like lavender or chamomile or something like that could be pumping through not only just the front, but in some of the, you know, areas where the treatment rooms are too, right? They have enough smell barriers as it is when it comes to that, because we know a lot of dental materials don't smell the greatest. But, you know, something like that could be a huge offering to your patients as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that's huge, right? Mm -hmm. I always say that I have a very sensitive nose. And so some people are like, oh, well, that's really great. And I'm like, no, it's really not. You know, you don't really like to smell some of the things you smell, but I can walk into a dental office and right away, it's, you know, first thing when you walk in, is it the smell of those dental materials or does it smell nice? Right. And so I would encourage you guys to do the test, right? Walk into your office with your nose and right. see what's, what's the first thing you smell when you come in there. And then too, thinking about this, Mary, another thing is what do you do at lunchtime? Mm -hmm. Right. Have you ever walked into a dental office and everybody's cooking some fish or right? Uh, you got to be careful with those things too. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. You have to be careful about that. Like if you have a microwave in the office or, you know, in your lounge area, how are you protecting that as well? Even the bathrooms guys, like having some sort of spray before you go, you know, type of mentality or, you know, some kind of air freshener. Um, it's important to have those kind of things as well. So not only smell, but going into this issue of what they hear too, right, Renee? Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. Like, how do we protect how they hear things in the office? Because we have to do the drill, right? We have to do all those other things. So what have you found that patients can utilize in order to overcome this barrier of hearing? That's a that's a great question, Mary. So, you know, that screeching drill sounds like fingers on the chalkboard to the fearful person, right? And I don't really have that fear, but I know of a lot of people that do, and my husband is one of them, and it really is terrifying for a lot of people. So you have to have a plan in place, right? Um, I see out there on the road, Mary, a lot of people, you know, they're using the TVs and then having some headphones maybe that the patient can put on. Have you seen some of that? I have. Yeah. Yeah. Great idea. Yeah, that works really good. And then, you know, just even offering them the option to bring their, just remind them, you know, bring your, your iPhone and bring your headphones if they have some music that they like. Do you have relaxing music on your, you know, playing throughout the office? Yeah. I've walked in many offices before and, you know, the music was loud and crazy. And, you know, you can imagine somebody that's already wound up or uptight and fearful coming in and the, and the, the music is, you know, just playing into their fears. So yeah. you really do have to be careful about what they hear and having options with your TV or your headphones. It's really, really important. Yeah. And, you know, and, and this is something that sort of gets overlooked when you talk about hearing you know, even walking through the hallways, like, are you talking to another clinician and do they hear that, you know, are they hearing culture? Are they hearing good communication between each other? Are they hearing that you're doing everything to over communicate to the other person that you have their best interests at heart, right? So, utilizing also not only tangible things to help with their relaxing, but also this issue of understanding like the interview process, like, are we getting to know them? You know, are we communicating to them the way that they need us to communicate to them? Are we handing off the way that we should be handing off? So all of those things too come into play here when it comes to what they hear, right? Absolutely. I agree. And you doing the patient interview and understanding what they value or what that barrier might be. That is so true, Mary, because when you pat, when they come in and they share with you that, you know, their barrier is fear, and then you pass that off to the dentist and and tell him that, you know, your patient is fearful, they really appreciate that you cared enough to share that information with somebody. And it just helps them to, to know that, you know, you heard what they said. Yeah. And, and that's power, right? That truly shows them that you care. So, yeah. you know, you guys, we often, we feel like we get rushed or we don't have enough time to go through the patient interview, but it might be the only time that you really, this could be the first chance for you to understand that they're even fearful. That's right. So, right? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. 
I love it. So going into the next sense then, taste. So if we know that, you know, you're like, well, what what do you mean by taste? Well, um, what various flavors of different options do we have, you know, of products? Number one, right? So like what what kind of various fluoride flavors do you have? Or do you just offer the same thing every time? What kind of various flavors of different products do you have for take-home products do you have? Um, you know, that they care about that kind of stuff, not to just offer, well, all we have is mint. Sorry, that's all, right? <laughs> Versus giving them another option of that. So that that's a big deal too. But Renee, I know you've seen tons of offices and they implement what we call a beverage station. So talk about that too, as far as like taste goes. Yeah, right. The beverage station. So if you have a fearful patient and they can come into your office and I know um, not always is it practical at this time, but being able to offer them um, water or a nice hot chocolate or a coffee when they come in is just really a great way to help them to start to bring those walls down and relax a bit, don't you think? Oh, 100%. And I mean, even tea, right? Tea can be a comforting thing. And so that would even be a great option as well. So it is important what they taste, right? Now, are you making sure that you're keeping their mouth clear of things if you have to use an etching in your room or, you know, um, maybe they're bleeding a lot and they're tasting the blood, right? It's just really important to make sure that we we pay attention to that sense as well. I love it. Yeah. Well, the last sense then would be feel. So what does it feel like in the reception area? What does it feel like in the treatment chair? Are we offering blankets or maybe a massage chair, right? Or are we offering different things that allow our patients to feel better? A lot of our offices implement what we call a comfort menu, right? So anything that you offer in your office that can help that patient know and understand that we're here for a customer service experience um, to overcome these issues of fear. So offering to them, you know, what is it that's on your comfort menu that helps your patients unarm, if you will, right? Because there's this issue of they come in, they're scared as it is. And so how do we disarm them and make them feel more comfortable? A practical way even is offering things like a a stop signal, right? So raise your hand if you need me or establish a stop signal like when we're when we're in there, you know, doing different procedures. This way, you know, even I know Renee even said this earlier, but, you know, offering them the ability to hold this saliva ejector, like that seems like a very simple thing, but important, helping them to feel like they're as in control as you can. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, right. You think of it, they're laid back already in a position that, you know, no control whatsoever. They have their mouth open so they can't speak to you. They're smelling all these things. And now what do I do if something is uncomfortable? So the fearful patient being able to let them know, I think that stop sign is a great, that stop signal is a great idea. But just, you know, communicating with them that there are things that they can do if they need you to stop. And so just that alone can bring down the walls and take the fear away. Absolutely. 
Yeah. And then I know yeah. many, many offices will get into some sedation options, sure. right? Sure. So yeah. if they're fearful, um, how can you take the edge off? So mm -hmm. maybe you're using nitrous. You know, some patients might need to even have nitrous offered during a cleaning, you know, using some kind of what a Valium or what are some of the other medications? I know those types of medications I've seen a lot of offices use. Have you, Mary? Right. Yeah. I mean, everybody offers different kinds. I mean, there's so many alternatives to Valium out there these days, but, you know, that's what we see a lot is just either nitrous or some sort of, you know, pill type of medication or... You know, some people even get into, you know, IV sedation as well. But, you know, sometimes it's just as simple as allowing them to bring someone with them for moral support, you know, and having them in the room with them. I mean, sometimes that in and of itself could calm the patient, right? Absolutely. Um, yes, Mary. I, I believe that completely. Yeah, I do. And so if they if they're fearful just to offer, you know, if you would like to bring your husband or bring a friend, I mean, I think that is just amazing. That's a great idea. Yeah. And I think one more, you know, just I mean, we could go on and on, but just a couple of more just, you know, really practical ways after kind of coming out of the five senses is. Guys, work on your verbiage. You know, verbiage is so important. Informing before you perform. One of the top six reasons why people leave or change dentists is because they think the hygienist is a stabber. Like, that's not our fault, but it is because we're not the ones, you know, informing before we perform. You know, we just go right at it and we think that the patient understands and they don't. So that's just a really practical thing to keep in mind. But, you know, I, I think that this is some great information, Renee. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, I hope that you guys can start, you know, digging into these a little bit further. I know that we've given you some great ideas, but I encourage you guys as offices, walk through the five senses. Ask yourself, you know, all of these five senses and really look at it from a patient perspective. Go in and you be that new patient or, you know, coming in for the first time and ask yourself, right? If I look through the eyes of a new patient, what do I see? What do I smell? What do I hear? What do I taste? And what do I feel? And put some procedures behind it and, and put some practical things in place that you can really overcome all of these five things when it's necessary. So, yeah, because right, really, Mary, at the end of the day, you know, if they're comfortable, they're going to accept your treatment. But if we don't take the time out to get them comfortable and we just push through to do the tasky things that we know we're supposed to do today, oh, I have to get their x-rays. I have to get their teeth cleaned. Yep. You know, what we have to do is, is create a relationship where this patient feels comfort in our office. That's it's the only way they're going to go forward today and, and get their teeth cleaned and then return for the treatment that they need. So That's very right. good, Mary. I agree 100%. It's all about communication, getting to know them, and then making sure you have process and procedure in place, right? Right. That's right. I That's love it. Good, good. So you guys, I hope this will help you in your journeys and you can maybe pick up some tips today from the things that we've said that are successful in other practices. We enjoyed our time with you and wish you the best of luck. That's right. We'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, Mary. Thanks, Renee. See you soon. All right. Bye, guys.